Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. This um, episode is for the um, Aries full moon that is on October the 13th at 10.07 p.m. London time, universal time. So it's on the 13th pretty much everywhere for us in the Northern Hemisphere. For some of you further eastern in the southern, it will be on the 14th of October, but um, October the 13th it is for us. Uh, but we're more on that in a minute. Um, first of all, we're going to introduce ourselves. So Jen, do you want to go ahead? Sure. I'm Jen Dushen of jendushen.com. And I help guide my clients to embrace the truth of their soul and function in the world with lighter and more joyful energy. And I'm the creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. And we'll look at one of those in a minute. And I'm Louise Eddington. I am a soul astrologer and writer, and I help my clients to live in deep self-awareness and self-acceptance. I'm the writer of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose, which actually was um, released on Audible this morning. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so oh, if you wow. like Audible books or you have Audible credits, go get it. There's not very many astrology books on Audible, I have to tell you. That's so amazing. I'm very proud of that. I'm not the narrator, but that's fine. It's my words. Anyway, uh, Jen, let's look at our cards. Yes. Am I going first? Yeah. All right. So the card that I picked is this Soul Portal 23, and these cards were created in the Kashik Records or with the help and the guidance. Uh, so they're quite mystical and bringing ancient knowledge into the current energies, mixing with what's in the future. So this card, if you can't see it, is like a desert, I guess. It's got all this orange land with these mountains in the distance and some pyramids behind. There's a woman with a, a pheasant type of outfit on, like her face is masked. And there's the sphinx as well as a pheasant and some um, crystals. There's also the Venus star code. Is that what it's called? Venus star code? No. Where is that? Oh, I can't tell what it is. It looks like a moon. But <laughs> oh, yeah, it is the um, Venus flower. Of, um, right, the Venus flower of yeah. journey, journey flower. And uh, so this card at this time tells me that we are entering a, a portal of ancient knowledge that we're modernizing, like for us individually, we're being challenged to take a journey into the unknown and to reclaim the essence or the energies we have denied or pushed aside or lost. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like this is a very portentous time that we're being called to do what is required in order to liberate ourselves. Mm it's got an e is that an eagle on top of the pyramid yes 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 an eagle on the top. yeah i always think of the eagle as uh flying above and seeing the bigger picture and um and of course you know the the pyramids and and the sphinx is is very ancient knowledge and ancient awareness and there's a lot of that being coming into my awareness and i'm sure i'll talk about that throughout the call yes. um 
Egyptian cosmology, talking from an ast- astrological point of view, is is very ancient, and um, we can learn a lot from it. So it's come, been coming up for a lot for me that we have to um, explore the ancient knowledge to bring it in in a new way. Um, I've talked about it in the past, but just just over the last few days, it's been really in my awareness again. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the basis of these cards. And this is kind of like the gateway to all of that. So it's mm. these cards is the, um, the meaning behind these cards is to act as translators or a form of the Akashic record. Mm. So it's, it's kind of fascinating. And of course, people who are looking at might, I know there's a bit of a glare, but you might see something. Um, I also find the colors very interesting. This kind of yellow, kind of orange, like light orange yellows, and then those blues, the deeper kind of gray blues, and then the blues at the top. Um, I find that really interesting. Mm. It definitely feels, you know, like a composition of some kind. And then at the bottom, there are these kind of lotuses. You can see kind of stylized lotuses, kind of very... I seriously suggest anybody who loves um, looking at these cards of gems, you know, you see something new in them every time. So um, get yourself a deck if you want to explore them um, and deeper. And uh, I must say that's, that's the reason I like the tarot cards I use speaking of Egypt as well, mm-hmm. because I, I pull cards from the Toth tarot and Toth is uh, an Egyptian um, <laughs> um, deity. Um, if you like, and um, I actually pulled the Princess of Wands for this, and this is the mastery of spontaneous expression and liberation, because this is a very fire and air full moon, and of course, uh, you know, Egypt's the desert as well, so it's very fiery and things like that as well, and um, and you know, I always think of fire and air as very spontaneous creativity. So uh, this card, you can just see how you know abandoned this this figure is um in the creative flow um it's uh, and there's a lot to do with that in this full moon i must say so right and let's uh, i just want to hold them up together so we get kind of a sense of what's happening because there definitely is some kind of relationship mm. and i find it very interesting the figure kind of flying up into the flame right mm. god it is, as you say, that sense of, of total joy. Like, this is who I am when I express myself. Which with is, the magic, yes. With the magic wand, too. I like right. <laughs> amazing. With the, and that's the essence of um, this year, is being, mm. being kind of called cool to express that, you know, flamboyant energy of self as a, as opposed to the way we've done it which is oh i can just show little pieces of myself that are acceptable yeah a little weird but it's acceptable and it's like no i'm just kind of busting through all of that um and but i feel I like huh? I, love, I love that she's got the tiger by the tail yes. doing things yes like, yeah, like, kind of just, totally right yeah with the, with the lamp kind of like the lamp yeah and all of that kind of feeling of going up and discovering new things Mm. and there's definitely a similar energy here because we can either be especially in the woman's dress i think right exactly similar colors the yellows and um a bit a bit flame like a bit phoenix yes right yeah 
Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. Sorry. I hope the cards are kind of inspiring people to how this full moon feels before we even dive into the numbers and things, because it, to my mind, it's a really creative and um, transformative full moon. So just to talk a little bit about the details, um, I didn't do the full introduction to the podcast that we normally do. So I will just mention, we, <laughs> we don't have any questions for this podcast, but if you have any questions, please send them to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and your question may be featured on, the, on an episode. Um, and we have a Patreon as well, Weirdly Magical Podcast on Patreon. But um, I'd rather dive into this because um, Jen and I have got, both got crazy lives um, right now. So we're going to get on and get the recording, get it out there. You're getting this one nice and early because we're actually recording it two and a half weeks before the uh, full moon because of both our travel schedules. Um, so you've got lots of time to prepare for this uh, deeply um, transformational as i said full moon so the full moon is at 20 degrees and 13 minutes of aries um that's the position of the moon a full moon is always an opposition and so the sun is at 20 degrees and 13 minutes of um, libra the moon is conjunct to eris over there in aries only three just over three degrees away from um, eris the goddess of discord and we've got a whole configuration of planets around the 20 degree mark. But most importantly, the full moon, the opposition between the moon and the sun is almost exactly square to Pluto and Capricorn, which makes um, this a closing third quarter square for the sun going to um, Pluto, um, a heading very fast it feels like now to the major com, um, um, conjunction of several planets on January the 12th 2020 at 22 degrees of Capricorn um, the sun will be there Pluto will be there Saturn will be there Ceres will be there Jupiter will be not far behind we'll talk about all of that um and it does hark back to April as well. So I'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go um, on. But for now, let's dive into the numbers and then all the rest will start to, and we'll talk about the rest as we uh, go through. <laughs> right. It's very exciting. All the messages we're getting, not just planetary, mm. but numera numerically mm. uh, for all of this. So what's so fascinating to me is that this is happening on the 13th. And um, since we're in a 12 universal year and October has a one, we're actually in a 13 months. Now, I know we talked about the 13 last week, um, whenever, <laughs> uh, but uh, 13 is the number of death, death in the sense of rebirth. So whatever we've been hanging on to or whatever we've been uh, wanting to stay that needs to go is going to die. 13 is, we've talked about the divine feminine number, the number of transformation. And of course, Pluto is all about transformation. So we know this is one of those moments where many things that, that have been kind of waiting to kind of explode or be released is now, now, is now going to be rising. So we won't be able to stop the tide of change. Um, 
because it's sudden, unexpected, and of course, 13 is about us uh, not only connecting to our individual selves, but also to the joy, the exuberance that we were talking about in the card, right? Um, and kind of both the cards is a sense of exuberance or new beginning, I'm getting started, which kind of ties us into the Aries, the flame, the energy of rebirthing, a revolution or reincarnation or uh, renaissance. These are all words that are about the revolution of change inside of us, a rebirthing of who we are. So we know that um, ready or not, we are going to be born again in some way. Mm. It sounds weird like it's a religious thing, but it isn't. It's not a religious thing. This is a soul reclamation time. <laughs> so we get to reclaim our souls or we get to continue letting our personal energy be used in laboratories for others. So uh, very exciting. And then, of course, I wanted to just touch on the fact that so 13 is a four and four is about grounding into a new idea, creating this is an earthing number where earthing new ideas into the the into the earth and into our world and into the way we are activated and that's a four so the year 2020 which this um, map is pointing us to with all the twos uh, also indicates the two plus two 2020 it's two fours and we know that uh, the meeting number is 20 so it's that replay two four those are both numbers that are helping us manifest new things, bring new ideas into the world. Uh, so I think it's pretty interesting that um, Mercury is at 13 here because it's through our minds that we will kind of change who we are by accepting new ideas, by expanding our minds. Um, and of course, the minutes on the full moon are at 13. Right, right. So we're at 20 degrees. So we've got the, the two again and... Um, and then the 13 in the minutes. Right. So isn't that fascinating? We're in a 13 month, we're on a 13 day and we've got the 13s and the twos and the fours all kind of playing together, reminding us when we started and Louise talked about the Aries moon. So when we started in April, which is kind of the new beginning of this year, right, this is what I need to clear and bring into being. Uh, this is kind of, this is what we were seeding then, you know, of course, as part of the revolution, something that we set in stone then is now coming to this incredible fruition where we will feel uplifted in some way, whether we're, you know, whether it's Noah's boat that's going up the water, right? Mm. <laughs> or like that, that image you were showing uh, that, uh, was it the princess of? Yeah, the princess of wands. Of wands. Right. Mm. And ones are all about our desire. Really. It's mm. about activating what we truly believe in. Um, so, yeah. So those are my thoughts off the bat about um, the numerology. And I'll talk about whatever else comes mm. through. Well, I, I just wanted to hark back to um, Jen mentioned it April already. The new moon was on April the 5th, 2019. And, and this is the full moon from that new moon. But on April the 5th, on that new moon, we actually had a cardinal uh, grand cross um, around the same degrees. The um, Saturn was at 20 degrees Capricorn, where Pluto is on this full moon. The, the, the nodes were at 22 degrees of um, um, Cancer and Capricorn, 
and the 22 is where we've got this big conjunction coming up in January. Pallas Athena back then was at 21 Libra and opposing Eris, who was at 23 Aries, uh, who is back to 23 Aries on this full moon. So we've got all these patterns repeating. Pallas Athena has moved on a whole sign. She's now at um, 19, well, on the full moon, she will be at 19 degrees of Scorpio. And and what's important about where she is, Pallas Athena, and where the sun is, and in fact, Mercury and Venus as well are heading that way. Um, they're all in what's called a third quarter closing square, moving towards Pluto to um, start all these new cycles that are of rebirth and transformation that are happening in January. So when we say this is a full moon of transformation, it is, but it's a process and it's a real, the closing third quarter square of anything like the, the lunar cycle um, and, and any cycle of planets is one of release. That, that's, third quarter is a time of what do we let go and the phrase that's been coming to me over the last few days um as i've been looking at all the astrology um for now and and coming up is burn it off burn it off burn it off because um to, to go back to my card again the very fiery princess of wands there's an element of creation but also of burn it off so that you're burning off anything that keeps you from complete freedom and liberation and freedom of expression, personal expression. Um, and there is actual, um, Jen and I both worked with um, somebody who did a lot of burning off exercises and you can literally just get a candle and sit with the candle and, and like fan the, the heat of the flame to you to burn off what you'd no longer need so that you can make space for real liberation and creative self-expression. So as I look at the, the new moon from April to now, where we are um, coming up on this full moon in October and leading forward, I think uh, through these third quarter squares going into January, I think it's important that we consciously choose to literally burn off what no longer what we no longer require, burn off old patterns, old ideas, old thoughts, um, old some old relationships, perhaps all kinds of things. Um, burn it off just seems a really relevant thing for this fire and air full moon as well. So, mm -hmm. right, that's very true. So, um, I, I was just talk about some things that came to mind while you were talking. First of all, I didn't mention before, but I think it's significant is the fact that with the two, the 13th uh, month and the um, 13 day, we're actually at the 17. So it's 13 plus four, which is the eight. And whenever we have four and eight, we know there's fateful. This is destiny. These are things that are going to happen. Big things that are leading us to something different. Longevity will be uh, or immortality will be um, activated again. And we know we've had these same numbers coming back over and over again. So this is how we have actually grown is because we're being exposed to things over and over again that are different and we're getting more used to it. Mm -hmm. 
other thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about April and the the seeds or whatever or new seeds, I suddenly got this picture of um, like a melon and how inside the melon there are many seeds in the center, right? You see all those like orange kind of seeds, but not every seed is planted. Mm. And so that's kind of what I'm getting is to remember that you may have had a lot of ideas and I know I did and I have had, but what's happening to me is I'm getting much more focused on Mm. the ideas that, that resonate for me and I'm getting clearer and happier to let go of some of those other things that still are good but they're just not good for me at this time. Like, I don't want them. I just want them to go away because I've already decided where I'm going. For and now, it brings me to that right? burn, it, burn it off thing. Right, exactly. That burn yeah. it off. Burn yeah. off even the seeds that you haven't used because that creates fuel. Mm-hmm. And that fuel will help to move you into this new direction. Mm-hmm. There's one thing for sure that's very important right now. Uh, I'm certainly feeling it, and I know other people are. Our bodies have not been um, situated for all this new stuff that's coming in. So we are going to up-level in some way. Mm. And the best way to do that is to get more in sync with your body, not less. So we tend to kind of go, oh, this body, I can't stand, I can't stand these things. We tend to dismiss the, the reality of our lives And while I know there can be different realities in what we choose, it really is in the choosing of what we're focused on. Mm. Yes, this is my situation. So I can think of it that it sucks or I can think that it has potential, just like a seed. So if I think that something has potential, how do I want to treat it? Just like a child. Do I want to treat a child like they don't know anything and they're useless? Or do I want to treat my child or whatever this thing I'm birthing is something amazing that maybe can lead me to new things I don't know about or just having the right attitude around it can Mm. just help right so I think burning off but also realizing that as you're burning it off which is so powerful you are creating this juice to go forward so right it's you're not wasting it it's all fueling this incredible journey you know it's like jet fuel well, you're burning off resistance as well to the change so that you can focus and really like zoom forward in this creative right. creative space. Because, you know, if you think about wildfires, you know, yes, they can be really destructive and, and things, but there's always new comes up um, from those wildfires in, <clears throat> in nature. It's wildfire is nature's um, way of stimulating new growth, to be honest. So... Uh, yes it's very destructive to humans at times but um the actual if you just look at um a wildfire out in you know the wild um it's nature's way of clearing the way for like the real green new growth so uh yeah i mean they say in certain forests like i think redwood (laughs) trees that uh if they don't have new fire they will not seed new growth Mm-hmm. And this is the same for me. The the this whole idea of fire is in a sense the thirteen when the phoenix mm-hmm. is uh, burning. It's burning off the residue of <coughs> or the the soul print of who it's been. Like oh, this is who I am, or your earth print. This is who I am. This is how I do things. This is how we do things. And it's like it's just burning it off. Yeah. And it gives you like a new start. So you go oh. That's all burnt off. What do I do now? Because I'm creating new growth. 
What am I growing? What am I feeding? So there's that whole cycle to think about in terms of reclamation or renewal, Mm -hmm. um, restoration. It's what are you restoring? And just what comes to mind, I know Louise and I talked about this briefly at one other um, time, I don't remember when, when we were talking about the fact that the last time that Pluto and Saturn met like this was in 15 something, 15. Yeah, can't remember the date now. The date. <laughs> but that's when, um, what was his name? John, someone, he, he pinned that reclamation on the, um, the church door. It was like a, um, oh, Martin Luther. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that reclamation, like saying, we as people are taking back the idea of our belief system. Like, we're not going to just listen to people up in power telling us what we believe. We're actually reclaiming our right to, to worship or believe or do whatever it is we want to do. And we're a lot further. Like, at that time, that was a major breakthrough for people. So, We've already gone through all that, so we know we're heading to this incredible opening or opportunity to reclaim ancient things we did, those freedoms we had, or maybe things we came here intending to have but never did have. Mm. We're reclaiming those. We're putting our notice to the door of the establishment and going, you know, this is this is the way and fire is, I mean, fire is the light. It's the way forward. It's, it's, I think we have to really think about the power of the fire and how it's helping us now. And as, as we record this, we're actually recording on September the 24th. Yes. Okay. Uh, Pluto actually uh, stations direct on October the 3rd. So by the time this full moon comes around, um, he, he will have been um, move, starting to move direct for 10 days Saturn um, station direct on September the 18th. So these two will be starting to pick up speed. The speed of change and transformation is going to start picking up. Funnily enough, as we record this, apparently Nancy Pelosi is going to announce the start of impeachment proceedings. Whether that'll come to anything, who knows? But um, but with with Capricorn being the um, institutions and its establishment, um, you know, and um, things falling apart in the UK as well, uh, prorogation of Parliament was um, deemed by the courts to have been illegal this morning. That was announced um, in the news. So you know, all these things are being undermined and undis- and, and overturned and um, and it's going to speed up. And I, I don't want to stay on the politics side or the government side for too long, but it will. This is speeding up kind of the collapse of the patriarchal institutions that rule us, really, and, and the transformation of them. Um, and um, interestingly, I had, uh, you can read about it on my medium if you like. Um, I, I came across this person sent me a friend, friend request on Facebook. Turns out she's a Native American author. I studied Native contemporary Native American literature when I was in college in England back in the day. She sent me one of her books. I read it in two days, which is wow. unheard of because I've, I haven't read a full book in months and months and months. And, and it was all about reclaiming the past, the ancient ways, learning, 
re um refinding your foundation and things like that and that's so relevant to both the cards that we got and and this energy we're and um you know the bringing up of the ancient ways in egypt we're really being asked to um to learn from the past to bring it forward in this new way again i don't know where that was going or where it started right no but that totally makes sense i mean mm -hmm. here we have proof from all different angles mm -hmm. that new or the old is new again in a sense right but the difference here is we are being each of us is being given a role on taking responsibility and saying i'm not just going to sit around and expect exactly. so and so to put this all together i have to do my part because there are certain things i want going forward so one thing to reclaim old things and that is absolutely wonderful things that have died things that still have value we're not saying just pick up everything oh no no, no. The, the wisdom is right it's it's, it's like yeah right it's yeah. the discerning of what we want going forward which means we have to actively do things which mm -hmm. is in all of the the stuff and in the numbers you know the two the four the eight this is all about manifesting a different life right here on earth so we have a different experience so for me, what's important about the political or any of that stuff is the, the governance that has ruled us for a long time. So we have been conditioned to look up to people mm -hmm. like our teachers or our leaders and go, well, I'm just like a child in a sense. Like I don't have any say. We always say things like that. Oh, I don't, I, there's nothing to do with me. I don't have any power over this. And we're just reinforcing the fact that here are some people who are just like us that woke up in some mm -hmm. position and went like, oh, it's kind of like a bunch of kids going, you know, with like little, um, little like men do those things with those uh, kind of war figures. Oh, yeah. them around the table, chess pieces, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like chess pieces. Oh, I'm in the mood for everyone's going to drink milk for the rest of their lives every day, right? It doesn't matter. It could be anything. Like everyone has to have a vaccination or whatever. I know that's a, a funny, tricky subject there, but uh, it's just random. We have to be more um, connected to what we're choosing to do. Instead of just going like a wave and getting all mad and responding, uh, just kind of sitting and saying, well, what is true for me? Is this something I want to do? And if it's something I don't want to do, well, how can I have more impact and effect mm. running around yelling? It's not always the best way to um, change things. Sometimes you have to do it. Or sometimes there's certain people whose job it is to do that. But this is the picture. The power is within all of us. And that's what we have to do. Right. And that's what the Pluto is really squaring it. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> My favorite Pluto expression for a Pluto transit or aspect to a, a lunation like this is Pluto takes away what you thought was your power and leaves you with what is truly your power. And, <laughs> and then we have Jupiter in Sagittarius as well, um, also at 20 degrees. And, um, and he's gaining speed on this uh, full moon as well to leave um, Sagittarius, his own sign on December the 2nd, I think. But so he's not, he's only got a short time really left in Sagittarius and he has been seeking truth, your personal truth and your personal kind of vision. And it's a fire again. It's that, it's that princess of wands again. It's that abandoned vision liberation because 
Sagittarius is all about freedom and liberation as well. Um, so you're being asked to really kind of free yourself, free your mind, free your soul. Um, this is nothing about the kind of freedom that uh, is talked about in America all this time. It's not that kind of freedom. This is personal, real soul freedom um, to self-express. And by the way, if anybody wants to read the book that just so inspired me, it's called Sacred Wilderness by Susan Power. It's quite amazing. It's a beautiful oh. book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the chills. It must be good. It's I'll so read it. Yeah, like, you know, so I rarely read anymore, but well, it's got me back to reading too. I'm like, no, I want to read more. <laughs> well, it is kind of interesting. I have been doing some of what you were talking about those audiobooks uh, for a while. I stopped because I've been busy, but I'm going to get back into it. I think it's if we want to have different thoughts, we have to enrich our mind, mm -hmm. and that's part of this whole Sagittarius thing with Jupiter. Uh, reclaiming our thought about who we think we are because I've heard people talking about this and I'm pretty sure we've talked about it too but it's about what is truth we're looking at this going well every one of us thinks that our truth is the truth but in actual fact they're just opinions there is no real I mean except for universal truth yeah everything we're talking about is opinions just yeah. like somebody who's in charge this is my opinion that people should or shouldn't do this and now we're going well if lots of us gather together and have a certain opinion or a range that fits into a certain place that gives us more power than one person alone and like louise is saying it's like when we understand what our true power is then we understand what our responsibility is to that mm. Exactly. Right. I do find it interesting that Eris is conjunct the moon on this full moon as well, though. And she's back to that 23 degrees, which is her number, according to Discord. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's the card, oh, the 23 as well. And the 23, I wrote about that way back in March, actually, I think, about how we have 23 sets of chromosomes, 23 digits in total, I think. Um, in our body there's 23 is a very human number anyway it's um and eris is approaching they're going to have five exact squares pluto and eris everybody talked about the uranus pluto squares that we had from 2011 to 2014 i think there were the years of those that caused a lot of transformation and change um i think you haven't seen anything yet <laughs> with the squares to Eris coming up because the last time these two met we um and had a major aspects because Eris is so slow, slow moving we didn't even know Eris existed of course she was there she was always there but as with all these um discoveries um once they're discovered their energy seems to impact us even more she was discovered in 2005 and so these are the first major aspects between Pluto and Eris and again, it's a closing quarter, quarter because Pluto is moving faster than Eris and will be moving towards Eris. They don't meet until well, long after we're dead. <laughs> but these, these five squares that are coming up in 2020 and 2021 are going to cause major um, shaking up of everything governments the way the world's run absolutely everything 
and I actually cannot find the article I want to find again but I've I'm writing an article for the cosmic intelligence agency and I will find it but um I it was kind of more about the story of Eris the myth. Most people know about her throwing the apple into the wedding and starting the Trojan War. But this went back further. And and it occurred to my to um to my mind when I was reading it that she was fighting against the patriarchy forming in the first place and taking control and she lost the battle at first. And now she's back in since 2005, shaking it all up. And she's going to destroy the patriarchy. We're going to have a completely new, no, that doesn't mean we'll have a matriarchy. We're going to have a completely new way of governing, a new way of living, I think, um, once she's finished her business. <laughs> Absolutely. She's bringing in the new. And the thing is, it's something we haven't experienced before. Because mm-hmm. the one thing that's definitely coming to light is the fact that those who battled against the change, right? There was the, there was a matriarchy and then there was a patriarchy, right? So both sides had their turns and tried to, uh, and, you know, of course, that's more complex than just saying men. Of course, and men, yeah. Um, but it's a way of doing things. Let's put it this way, right? I actually see Eris as a very um, androgynous figure, actually. Right, as many yeah. of them are, because it's not about whether you're male or female, it's about how you approach things. So let's say the maternal approach is more enriching and uh, loving and wanting people to become leaders. The paternal approach is more, I'm going to squash you, I want you to work for me, I want to mm-hmm. hook into your energy so you'll do whatever I want, because all the money or whatever it is must flow to a certain place. So the first battle that we're looking at now, the battle in the past, was done by force, right? Mm-hmm. But now we have the intelligence. We don't need to do things by force anymore. Uh, we need to be intelligent enough to focus on what is true for us without wasting a lot of time trying to persuade others. Exactly. And I think we have talked about this. And what's so interesting about all the twos, because two is about not only reminding us of the polarity it's also about the balance Mm. like when we go what do i need to create and who can help me create this as opposed to what do i need to destroy except for what we were talking about destroying the stuff that's in our way right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's stopping us from stepping out but we don't need to destroy what other people are doing because they'll do that yeah yeah indeed yeah So Pallas Athena as well and Juno um, asteroids are also in aspect to all of this. They're at 19, Pallas Athena is at 19 Scorpio and Juno at 21 Virgo on the full moon. So they're straddling the 20 degree mark, so very close to it. And also in aspect to that Pluto, everything is in aspect to Pluto on this and and they're very much again about the you know the rights of um of oppressed you know uh, particularly um you know women and children abused women and children palace athena is strategy uh, but she's also the spear of justice and in in scorpio which is pluto ruled um i think there's going to be an you know right now we've got the climate co- um strike going on all week as we record and um and you know these young people speaking to the UN and <laughs> with great power. And I don't want to get into the whole climate debate argument. I have people keep telling me it's 
the elites are using Greta Thunberg and all these things. It's like, we're, yes, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, my, my argument about all this, and I personally, like, I think there are so many things we could look at and say this is the most important. But the truth is it really doesn't matter what the subject material yeah. is. What matters is the process. We have to look beyond somebody using because mm. even as you may be using someone, they are using you because that's yeah. a it's always about the relationship what's happening is what has been the standard bearer is being questioned and being held to this authority so if you think you want to you know what's the word play with your lips and come up with stuff you're still going to go under because we're in a space of integrity mm -hmm. so whatever is out of integrity is going to you know be swallowed by um disease and illness and uh, at some point maybe not in our lifetimes but it certainly will be and this is the way it happens is by something new coming in and defying and questioning the old which is what we're and seeing these, and these voices you know there's juno and Pallas athena they are shifting perceptions no matter what your your out your the outcome of your investigation is and, yeah, and that's brilliant because we also talked about the all the female um, kind of outer female energies are preparing or at that place where they are ready to kind of surround what we might call traditional, right? Mm -hmm. We have the Lilith, we have um, Juno, uh, Ceres. Look, they're all in that range around there, right? Uh, Aries. They're all like preparing, like they, they, you can see they've taken a position. If this was the battle plan, they're all taking a position. Mm -hmm. And then when we look at the, the nodes, you um, and I talked about it, that the, well, you probably mentioned that the nodes were on um, at 22 degrees, mm -hmm. the uh, new moon. In April, yeah. And now they're 12. And this is highly significant because we are in a 12 year and 12 is all about moving out of victimization into that total expression that we've talked about from the beginning, that idea of just, you know, letting it show who you are. And we can look at that Greta, I've forgotten. Thunberg. Thunberg. She's letting people, like she's very kind of serious and she's letting that show. She's not hiding it. She's not pretending, oh, I'm just a little girl. I, you, you can, I don't understand what's going on. She's just out there this is who i am this is what i'm presenting to you um you know it's kind of like a joan arc thing right and that's yeah. all of these it's like there's layers these are intelligent uh beings with a plan regardless of what happens it is yeah. going to change things right? exactly yeah and they're very eris like voices yeah. <laughs> so, and there's Eris conjunct that moon on the on the full moon, and a full moon is always kind of a fulfillment and release too. So I think those voices are going to get more powerful. <laughs> and then when they start squaring Pluto as well, oh my goodness! <laughs> so I want to look at the chart again. Oh, Lilith, Black Moon Lilith, also is um, at 19 degrees. So. So she's at the same uh, degree mark as uh, Pallas Athena and she's in Pisces and, and she's Black Moon Lilith has a very erratic orb. So in other words, she's she appears to be retrograde a lot and moves very quickly back and forth. 
and she's going back and forth over Neptune for a while and then into Aries where the um, full moon is itself and she is she's really a, a very the very wild part of ourselves but she's also um connected with shame and um and where we've felt shame where we've been shamed and you know if you think about i think about my upbringing um and i can only speak for myself of course but and the culture i was brought up with but there was a lot of shame in it really you know, shame for, you know, being outspoken, shame for not following the rules, shame for, um, you know, not fitting in this nice and neat little patriarchal box. <laughs> and I never did fit in them. I'm not saying I felt lots of shame, but there was lots of shame in the atmosphere about it. You know, you were shameful if you didn't do this. And, um, and Lilith is representing a big part of that coming up as she hovers, um, back and forth over Neptune and Neptune dissolves and um and kind of gradually erases a lot of these things so a lot of this shamefulness we may have um been brought up amongst um for just being who we are um completely creative self-expression liberated um in the society we were born into is being just dissolved and erased so it no longer kind of rules our world if you like so that's another lovely wriggle of this chart <laughs> yes, indeed just remembering with all of the stuff what's happening there will be stuff rising to the surface mm -hmm. so it's not like when we talk about it, it's not like oh boom everything's gone no. you know here's my sword it's all gone we are going to be in the muck of this stuff as it rises we will feel the contamination of this uh, however if you just hang in and realize and remind yourself this is how we clear it by allowing it to rise through us and to look at the things people have done um because they have been shamed for whatever reason and used it against people because it's part of keeping secrets right shame is like let's not tell anyone what's happening at home uh, while people are being abused and all of these things so we need to be able to see this in the light so we can have compassion for it so we can go yes i understand why this happened i may not agree with it but i can see why so i can release my resentment around it you know, because that can also keep us stuck when we're resentful about things that happen. We want to bring it in the open. We want to mm. confront people if we need to, or maybe whatever it is we need to do. But we need to know that that's part of the process. And some of this muck is being brought to the fore by our beloved leaders. <laughs> you know, as as Jen was talking about uh, that. You know, I think we've we've got leaders in the president in the US and uh, the prime minister in the UK and in the one in Australia and, and many of them around the world at the moment, they're, they're being driven by awful upbringing and um, horrible um, feelings of shame and abuse, really, to be quite honest, I think. Right. That doesn't make them wonderful people, but you yeah. can have compassion for them still because they they were brought up under horrible conditions, really, um, emotionally, right. you know? And, the, yeah, but the bigger picture of that is our society allowed it, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We allowed people to behave badly because they had a bad upbringing. And that's the thing that we have to now go, have compassion, but you still have to fall in line. Oh, 
Absolutely. And yes. I think that's the difference. But we can only do that when we can see. But I also think they're examples of it to us. Is oh, totally. That's totally. my point. Yeah. Right. Not, not, not excusing them right. at all. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you were excusing them. I just am saying there's the next step is yeah. realizing that we as a society, that's part of the poison is that we've allowed these things to happen. So it's not a matter of blaming anyone yeah. or shaming anyone. It's just like, yeah, that's the reality of what's been going on and how do we fix it or how do we dissolve it? Like, and that's the, the dance yeah. of Pluto and um, uh, Neptune and Lilith is yeah. the idea of changing our spiritual makeup, really. It is. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so was there anything else we wanted to say about the chart? This is going to perhaps be a little bit quicker um, than our normal ones because uh, we've both got so much going on. But. I know. I just have one kind of thing I just noticed. Well, actually, I did want to mention Chiron because it's a two. And I think that mm -hmm. there is a connection there between uh, Chiron at two and the 20s because it's still a two, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's another part of that healing aspect that Chiron holds, which is to uh, swallow the poison and be healed from mm. the inside. Like, how do you heal? And this is a lot of what we're talking about is that's how we have compassion is when we realize the part we've played in the bigger picture and what we've allowed to happen. And again, it's not about blame. It's about recognizing and going, okay, that will move the needle. My understanding moves the needle and opens my heart. And two, like everything is a partnership, right? Like mm -hmm. All relationships are partnerships. So I think this is what this is all about, is how are we relating to each other? How are we relating to ourselves, to our souls, to what we desire and getting, coming clean around that? And, and I just realized I did want to mention um, series too. Uh, because she is rapidly, pretty rapidly now anyway, approaching a conjunction with Jupiter in Sagittarius. And they're interest, interesting talking of twos. Jupiter and Ceres are exactly two degrees apart on this full moon. <laughs> so that's another two. But Ceres is, um, you know, we've talked about her before. She's, um, you know, Demeter, the mother of Persephone, who was stolen by Pluto and taken to the underworld. But um, she's also, she represents astrologically the cycles of nature about learning the um, old, more aligned ways of being in harmony with, um, with the cycles of nature and the seasons. But she also represents grief and forgiveness. And coming up to Jupiter in Sagittarius with the emphasis on truth and freedom, there's a big element there of um, the necessity to allow the grief for, you know, it's like when a person dies, when a part of the past dies, you're allowed to grieve it for a while, you know, grieve what might've been, what was, what happened, you know, and then, and then move, try and move into a place of forgiveness. And I do think the two of them coming together is going to allow a big kind of wave of um, release and letting go and forgiveness when they start their new cycle, which I can't remember exactly what date, but they're very close to it on this full moon. It's right. later in the month in October. Um, a new cycle of, you know, saying, okay, you know, all this stuff has kind of come up 
um, in the muck, as uh, Jen said. But, you know, we have to be able to release and forgive and grieve it to be able to move forward. Doesn't mean it's gone forever. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just means that it's no longer sitting in you like it may have been for a long time. Right. It's no longer activated in you. So yeah. it's like anything that's activated in you, good or bad, is, is, a, is, is a, a form of poison that gets you mm-hmm. to do things. And, yeah. uh, and so realizing that being activated by hatred and anger, um, while it's useful in the short term, it's not really, it's going to distract you from what you really desire. You know, revenge right. is not a, um, it has worked for people, but it's not a very effective long term method um and just before we close up i did also want to mention i just noticed that mars and um venus talking about pairs oh they're both at six and so one in libra which is mars well they're in a mutual reception aren't they because venus rules libra and mars is the traditional ruler of scorpio right so isn't that interesting talking about understanding one another six is is the number of love and partnership and really you know accepting who your partner is and And they are the anima and animus within you as well right right yeah so i think that's pretty uh, significant right there just looking at that and thinking about how do you establish some of the things we're talking about new ways of being with people you love Mm. new ways of being with the society you live in with the loving as we were saying the mutual reception like what works for us both is a lot better of a plan than um, but first of course we have to know what who we are and what we want before we go giving away things well yeah so it's about the relationship with the self first right and then everybody else so oh quite excited again about this for me uh, you know yeah. being an astrologer a lot of astrologers are like oh my god this this build up in capricorn in january well it's going to be intense and interesting but i kind of find it exciting because i think it's beyond time for this shit big shift so right. <laughs> having an extraordinary experience yes yeah, to remember even if it hurts even if it's uncomfortable and painful and not what we expected, which I'm sure it will be. Mm. Um, lots of things, when we talk about death and dying, there will be things that we still enjoy and want that will die. Uh, and it'll be horrible, we can grieve, but that's the process, the mm. process of getting to new or to choose the things we desire is to allow what needs to die to die. Um, I and it's find fine. It, it might not all be horrible, by the way. Right. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, it's just about enjoying the fact that yeah, you know this is something that is going to bring up all kinds of emotion in yeah. you, bringing you alive. Just because you don't enjoy every second doesn't mean you're not alive. Like, that's it. You're feeling your feelings. You're feeling the joy, the um, whatever it is, the shock and awe of being alive and it kind of cracks me up these days because I'm very honest in my blogs when I, you know, my articles all the time I write when I feel very emotional and I'm very honest about it and I'm okay with it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the days where I feel like everything's like really sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of being alive. And I always get all these messages afterwards going, are you okay? I'm going, yes, better than. (laughs) 
mean, that's the true desire we have, right? Is to yeah. feel the challenge of something that is not all the same. It's not on the comfy couch. Oh, I have a feeling, I have an experience. And how do I want to live through it? It is mm. bloody exciting. It and is. And it's amazing that we can experience these things and go, oh my God, I'm having this amazing experience. You know? Even if it's a not great one. Yeah, exactly. It's still an experience. Anyway, right. let's move on to the symbols. I'm going to read mine first this month, I think. Yes. Okay, so the Chandra symbol for Aries 21, because um, we always go up a degree, is pastel flag or pastel, as they say, flags fluttering in the breeze, calling attention to yourself, making a show of things, demonstrating a path to follow strongly urging that others move in the directions you are initiating persuasive insistence insistent reiterative playful and twinkling on the outside but entirely intent on the inside pushing and pulling for optimal outcomes eloquent ideological you tend to be fanatical or zealous pressing outwards far outwards identified with a style a sensibility a progressive evolutionary wave you are sharply on the spot of pivotal changes pulling the collective attention to what comes next on the horizon greatly gifted with talents of transmission nothing else distracts you from the leap motif of making the new attractive and sparking encouragement empowerment and destiny momentum with elan and utter dedication oh i love that yes. <laughs> it just means leading the way inspiring people it reminds me of this girl again you know in the card reaching right. up in the flame and utter abandon so so sure that you know um she's going in the right direction kind of thing and but follow other others to follow if they choose yeah <laughs> right and i think it, it speaks to a lot of what we were talking about it's the inner fire of what mm. is true and what uh what is this absolute joy in this incredible experience we're having yeah uh that focus you and just moving away from what contaminates you or stops mm -hmm. you from being fully expressed yeah all right so with the Sabian symbol, um, I don't know, I have two books here. I think they have similar things. The symbol should be about the same. The, some of them yeah, reworded yeah. them slightly. Yeah. But... All right, well, I'm going to read this one. Which book? Uh, it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it's Oracle, Sabian symbol, Oracle. Oh, I don't know that book. Who's that by? Um, Linda Hill. And oh, it's Linda Hills. Okay, yeah. Is that a good one? Yeah, it is. Yes, yeah, just oh, different. I think it's very similar to the other one, which is it well. The sim the symbols were uh, channeled. It's just the interpretations right. that are slightly different. All right. Well, let's see what it says. Um, a pugilist, pug pugilist. Did I say pugilist? Which pugilist. Is a fighter entering the ring. It may be time to fight, but it needs to be with dignity and regulation. There are rules to follow, and it's often others who will be the judge of the outcome. Make sure you have the skills and the training to have earned the right to defend what you believe. 
Remember that sometimes you need to back off if you're not winning the contest. Physical or psychological self-assertion and determination. Is this a situation of attack or defense? Be prepared to fight for one's emotional, psychological, or physical space. If negative, using power to dominate people or those who challenge you. Mm. Right. So I think it's a, it's actually does kind of speak to the same idea. Oh. Right. We get to, to decide what's worth fighting for and how are we going to fight for it. And it's kind of stepping into your own power. It's not really, um, it's not really fighting against things. It's, right. the, it's, it's the potency really of, of really stepping into your own power and, um, and step it. Well, that's how it reads to me anyway. Right. Well, here, I'm just going to read a line here from the other one because it says, mm. this is the symbol of a complete lack of personal sens sensitiveness. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's the raw elements of experience, primarily on the side of self-realization, as man exhibits full confidence in his own powers and seeks the support of that audience, the world will always provide for the spectacle when anyone is willing to risk his major fruits of achievement. Implicit in this, in this symbolism is a need to be up and at the business of life. The key word is exertion. So I think that kind of explains it better. I think that other, I didn't really like the the wording on the first one. It's kind of old fashioned. Yeah, I know. I, um, it's not my favorite book. But, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> the other one, the Mark Edmund Jones, I think they gave a better thing, yeah. a better interpretation of what we were talking about. But with all these symbols and with, and with you know, both of them, the Chandra and the um, Sabian, um, they are to be interpreted for the self too. It's, you know, exactly. just think of the words and, and take what they mean for you. They have a feel to them, but, you know, don't take them literally. They are to inspire um, thought and motivation for you, the symbols. So, yeah. Right. As we talked about, each of us has our own interpretation mm -hmm. of what we consider the truth. And so we need to interpret. Yeah, exactly. All righty. So, Jen, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at my website, jendushen.com. I'm also, I mean, you can Google me. I'm all over. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, other places. Um, if you are interested in the cards, they're on my website, jendushen.com backslash illuminating journey cards. I do have a group on Facebook and a page. Um, Yeah, I do teaching and I have a membership type of membership thing, Soul Pillar Salon, which is also on my website. Okay, and I'm Louise Eddington. My website's louiseeddington.com. There's links to all my stuff on the homepage there and the Work With Me page, including um, I have a membership site with um, different levels of membership and um, depending on what kind of support you're looking for, or it's just to read all my writing in full. I have a Facebook group, Planetary Magic Cafe, which um, may be going away. Um, I feel things, I, I, you know, this card, I go back to it, and I am just focusing in the zone of what brings me most joy and creative self-expression, and some things, their time is out. So, yes, <laughs> 
my book um, available on Audible now. So I know a lot of people have Audible memberships. So if you have a credit, get yourself my book and listen to astrology on um, on audio. And um, I'm on Instagram too, Louise Eddington. Follow me on Facebook, Louise Eddington. The Facebook page, Louise Eddington Astrologer. Uh, just Google my name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And I do classes sometimes. My next class is going to be in the late spring, um, my celebrated Venus retrograde class. I'll be talking more about that as we get closer to it. So, all righty. So I think that's it. Did I forget anything? Send your questions to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, welcome. Uh, we won't give out personal details on air. Okay, so that's it. It's goodbye from Louise. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs> <laughs>